Okay, real quick review. What happened on day one of creation? Day one of creation. Well, I only have only have little children. Yes, sir. Yes. Finally, I get called on. <laughs> God made. I got you. <laughs> what did he make on day one? Did he make? Hey, be quiet. Um, sort of. That's not really the right answer. Okay. You, you're close. I can see, I can see that you are trying hard. And, and if it was really dark in here, I couldn't see that you were. I couldn't see that you were trying hard if, What? The light. He made the light. You got it. All right. Good job. Good job. Day two. You know, I was telling you uh, last Sunday that my parents lost power. Uh-huh. Well, the preacher was speaking at the end of the sermon. He said, let there be light. And all of a sudden, the light came on. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what happened on day two? Lily? That's right. He made the sky. Very good. Uh-oh. You share that one with uh, Mary Free. And so today, we're going to talk about day three. Day three. Turn to Genesis chapter one. I know that you were probably surprised to be turning to Genesis 1 this morning. <laughs> we'll look at verses 9 through 13 this morning. The message today is entitled, Providential Plants. Providential Plants. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 9. Before we read, let's again ask the Lord to bless our time in the Scriptures. Lord, we can't understand the Bible without you. And so we pray that you would send the Holy Spirit now to anoint me as I speak and anoint all those that will listen to understand the truth and receive it with joy. Pray that you'd help us to hear with understanding and that the engrafted word would be able to save our souls. We thank you for the truth and we, we rejoice in it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 1, verse 9, it says this, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. A God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, an herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. 
Here we have the first instance of the Word of God bringing forth life. Day one, He created light. Light is not alive. Day two, He created the sky, the firmament, the heavens, all the expanse of the universe, also not alive. But day three, He creates plants. And plants are alive. And he had to have a place for the plants to go. He decided he didn't want plants to just grow on top of the water, which he could have done, and some plants do. But he decided to gather all the water away from the earth and have the earth bring forth the vegetation, the life. It's the first time this has ever happened. Friends, it's... a uh, it's a principle that we could probably spend a lot of time on. We won't this morning. But God's word brings life. When God speaks, there is life. This book is alive because God's word is not just words on a page. It's a real person. It's Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Now, that means that his, his death, the cross is eternally significant and powerful. And I think that if we look at each one of these days of creation, we will see the Lord Jesus there. And I think the fact that the Word, that God spoke the Word, that's Jesus right there. But we're not going to spend a lot of time in that particularly. First of all, in this day three, we see order and structure. Secondly, we see richness and beauty. And thirdly, we see God's providence. What about order and structure? Well, just you have to picture in your mind's eye what was going on. The entire world was covered with water. And in the midst of this water was dirt, soil, minerals, everything that you see in the ground now, aside from the plants, all minerals, metals. In fact, I think that on you know, day three, God would have completed creating the periodic table. All of the chemical elements were all mixed in in that water. And God separated the two. And that shows us that God was creating, he was organizing things. You know when your room is a wreck and everything is all mixed up together? <laughs> You've seen that happen, right? That happened to me just this week. We have in the safe at my job, we have a container that has bills in it. And all of the bills were mixed up together. And there was ones and fives and tens and twenties and hundreds and fifties. And there was even dollar coins done in the bottom. I mean, this, it was a pile of money. It was like somebody took a spoon and went and just stirred it up. It was a wreck. And I took the time to take it all out and organize it to bring order to the chaos. And that's what, Je that's what God did through Jesus, through his word, with the chaos that was underneath the sky at that time, with this water, he brought order. He, brought, he organized it. He brought division. He divided one from another and brought structure to the whole thing in one day. The minerals, the metals, the rocks, the soil. He brought order to a chaotic situation. 
That's what God does. A lot of people will tell you when they're apart from God, my life was in great confusion. Many people are confused today. But God brings order. He brings meaning. He brings design to our lives, even today. But it only comes through His Word. I wanted to give you the ABCs of minerals. I looked up some things about minerals because I just find creation fascinating. I believe that creation brings glory to God, but this will have significance to us later. But I want you to hear this. I picked three minerals. Uh, There was a list of like 40. There's all kinds of minerals out there. You should really find out. I mean, it's really fascinating, all the things minerals will do. But here you go. The ABCs. Aluminum. A is the most abundant metallic element in the Earth's crust. Bauxite ore is the main source of aluminum. Aluminum is used in automobiles and airplanes, 36%. Bottling and canning industries, 25%. Building and electrical, 14%. And in other applications, is 25%. That's a ton of stuff that we use aluminum for. It's an abundant mineral and we use it abundantly. A, B, A, B, C, remember? Here's B. How about boron? You know about boron, huh? I said it. I, boron. I said, yes, B, boron. There you go. Boron compounds. Boron compounds are used for many different purposes in industry and the home. Boron is used to make glass, ceramics, enamels, fiberglass, make water softeners, soaps, and detergents. Other uses are in agricultural chemicals, pest controls, fire retardants, fireworks, medicine, and various minor applications. Boron nitride is one of the hardest known substances and is used for abrasives and cutting tools. That's just, that's just one. That's just boron, and all those things are used are uh, made with boron. Calcium. Calcium. The primary use of calcium is not in its silvery white metal form, but as calcium carbonate. It's used in adhesives and sealants, cosmetics, foods, paint, paper, pharmaceuticals, plastics, rubber, for the production of lime and as crushed stone in construction. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's a ton of stuff that calcium is used for. Immense quantities of calcium are found in sedimentary rock deposits of gypsum, limestone, and shale. So there are your ABCs. I picked three out of all the many minerals and all the many different tools and all the many different things that we use these minerals for today. God created those things on day three. He separated and organized them. He decided how much would be where. It's amazing. And it's amazing all the things that we use minerals for. You don't often think about how valuable minerals are. You think about gold, maybe. Think about salt, maybe. You don't think about aluminum. It's part of the Earth's crust that God made on day three. You see, this is an illustration to us also of what God does in our life. When we're saved from hell, when God brings light to our chaotic lives, 
He brings the light into our souls, the light of Jesus. He doesn't just leave us there. He doesn't just let us, okay, well, you're saved from hell and that's enough. He continues on and on, over and over, to bring order and structure to our lives and takes that chaos and begins to work it and make it and shape it and form it until we are a beautiful and glorious bride of Christ. And he, he sanctifies us throughout our lives and makes us more and more and more into the image of Christ. He brings that order. That, that's, that's ordering the chaos. He's, he's separating the sinful parts of our lives and creating a beautiful image of Jesus, shaping us into the image of Christ. This is an illustration of that work of God even today. What about richness and beauty? We've seen the order and the structure God brought on day three. What about the richness and the beauty that he brought to us on day three? It says that all trees, think about this for a second, all trees, all crops, flowers, herbs, grasses, anything that grows in the earth was created in one day. The first living things. It's significant to note that he created them as fully formed. He created them with age. He didn't just throw a lot of seeds out on the earth. He created grass already grown. He created trees. as He didn't have to wait 100 years for a tree to grow up. The tree was there. It grew rapidly the first day. We can, we can intimate this not directly from the text. It doesn't say, and they were full-grown trees. But we can take it from the fact that Adam and Eve were created as full-grown human beings. They weren't made as babies in the Garden of Eden. They were adults. God created many things with age in them from the very first day. And that's what he did with the plants as well. Think of, just for a moment, think of the intricate designs, the, the, the details that are in just one leaf. Just If you take a leaf and you look closely, you can see the design and the detail of that one leaf. Think of the beauty, the beauty, immense beauty that we find in the world of plants. And you know what's even more fascinating to think about is that the plants that we see outside now, nature, is sort of messed up since the flood. The flood messed a lot of things up in the world and cre changed the way the world wor looks in many ways. So before the flood, it was even more spectacular than it is now, which is incredible to think about. But you think about the beauty in the world of plants. Just, just fall, just autumn is incredible. Th we're getting ready to come into autumn, and I'm looking forward to seeing a nice, decent, long period of autumn in a place like Virginia. Because, you know, in Georgia, you get about two weeks of autumn. You go, I mean, you go summer, 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 autumn, winter. <laughs> I'm serious. It's, it's like that. You don't get the color in Georgia that you get here in Virginia. Not for that long a time. 
I mean, you get it, and you're like, oh, hey, here it is. You know, enjoy it while it lasts, because it's going to be gone really soon. So I'm looking forward to a Virginia autumn, but you, you just think about the, the beautiful colors that are reflected when those leaves, well, they really, they die. They, they stop receiving their, the nourishment from the tree, and they fall off the tree, and how glorious. It's like, it's like God took a bucket of paint and just went and threw it on the mountainside. It's incredible. See? Pretty good. How about flowers? Flowers. Those of you, those of you that are horticulturists at all, if you like to garden, you see this, the, the glorious... It's, it's such a huge variety of flowers. And they're all magnificent. The Bible, Jesus said, you know, God clothes the lilies of the field more gloriously than Solomon. They're so beautiful. How about forests? Just looking at a forest. A forest is just gorgeous. Especially, you know, on a mountainside at the beginning of your vacation when you don't have anything else to do. How about coral reefs? This was interesting for me to think about. What about the plants that are in the water? How did those come about? Because, you know, it says that he divided the seas and the earth and then caused the growing plants to come on the earth. Well, what happened in the water? Well, I, there's no other time that those plants would have been created, so God created some plants to grow underneath the water. Coral reefs. Have you ever seen a coral reef, a picture, or a video? They're sometimes described as one of the wonders of the world. It's the, the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Australia is one of the great wonders of the world. It's fantastic in its variety, its intricacy, and its delicate beauty. God did that. God made that. You ever wonder why God made things so beautiful? You ever wonder why God made things beautiful? He could have just made it, you know, just... Why did he even invent colors? You know, God could have just made enough plants for us to live on. He could have made one single plant that grew on the earth that was enough to sustain us with oxygen and, uh, and, and food. It would grow one plant, one, one fruit. That was the only fruit we ever ate. And, you know, we would have lived. We would have survived. But see, God is interested in more than just survival. This teaches us, the just, just looking outside, just looking outside, teaches us that God is interested in beautiful things. He's not just interested in helping us live, but helping us to enjoy an abundantly beautiful and pleasant life. Plants are in many ways the masterpiece of creation. Not the masterpiece, but it is a masterpiece. All of these beautiful things that grow in the world. I, I appreciate, Matt, you finding these pictures. Think of all the different things that are going on here. You've got the green grass. You've got the flowers. Different kinds of flowers. Trees in the distance. All of the intricate detail and the variety of, of plant life and how gloriously beautiful it is tells us so much 
about our Savior, about our Lord and Creator. Think of the significance to our life every day. I did some studying on photosynthesis. And some of you may not have even learned about photosynthesis yet, but for those of you who was, you know, 30 years ago that you learned about photosynthesis, let me give you a brief synopsis. This is a great picture to use. Plants, green plants, if you take that leaf, you'll see cells in the leaf. Each one of those cells is like a factory. And it, that, that factory takes light energy, the light from the sun, the light from the sun comes into that plant and it takes, hey, this is going to help you get better grades in school, so pay attention. Uh, oh, well, you, okay, well. Third grade. Well, it's, it's going to get more detailed later, trust me. So, remember then, light comes into the plant and it, it infuses energy into that plant cell. And it takes, takes also carbon dioxide, the stuff we breathe. And it combines those things into usable energy, glucose and sucralose and other things that, cre that are, basically it allows our bodies and the bodies of animals to harness the energy of the sun, to be able to, to use it as energy, use it for building things, working, growing, living. Plants convert that light energy and they convert CO2, carbon dioxide, and what do they emit? Their, their byproduct, the byproduct of photosynthesis is oxygen. Plants create oxygen. They, they are exhaling oxygen and inhaling CO2, and it's the opposite for us. How interesting. What a coincidence. What a coincidence that over millions and millions of years, hundreds of thousands or millions of different types of, an, of plants evolved exactly the same kind of process for converting light into breathable air. And that they take our breathable air and use it to create breathable air for us. What a coincidence. No, it wasn't a coincidence. It was designed on purpose by our Creator to help us live. Think of the significance of plants to our daily life. Just every breath you take is because those plants are churning out oxygen, oxygen, oxygen. And then when you eat one or you eat its fruit, you're taking in the energy that it gained up and stored from the, from the sunlight shining down on the green plants. That's remarkable, friends. That's a beautiful and intricate... Do you know, in my research that I did on this topic, scientists still don't fully understand what's going on in photosynthesis. They, they, they have not yet grasped a hold of it. You know why? Because it's so detailed, it's so complex, what's going on with those proteins and the chemical reactions and the different cycles that are happening and converting. and It's incredible. It's so complex, they still haven't f totally figured out what's going on. Many scientists are still today, full-time job, trying to figure out what God designed on day three. You see, God didn't make the world bland and boring. He created a place that is rich in beauty 
and full of life. It teaches us that God values beautiful things. It teaches us that he is artistic and he's detailed. God appreciates the arts when they glorify him. He appreciates beautiful things, things that bring him glory. He's, he's intricately detailed. That means that he's paying attention to every single detail of your life. If God is big enough to create a complex system that exists in the smallest blade of grass, every cell in those green plants is doing a complex system even today. Modern science can't fully understand. God is that detailed. He can certainly pay attention to the details of your life. Everything. This teaches us that God is interested in more than just plain old survival. He wants us to live abundant and joyful lives full of beauty for beauty's sake. Full of beauty just because it's beautiful. God filled the world with richness and beauty on day three. What about God's providence? And this is where it really becomes significant for us and a lesson, at least one of the lessons that we can learn from day three of creation, God's providence. <clears throat> you see, God designed these plants to use carbon dioxide and light to create usable glucose and as a byproduct, just sort of a, this extra thing they secrete is oxygen <laughs> that we need to, to breathe. But he designed those plants to do that before there were any humans or animals that needed them. In fact, think about this. He, he created them to use sunlight before he created the sun. Before there was sunlight, he designed them to use sunlight. He providentially knew what was coming next. He knew that we would need plants to survive, and he created them so that they would sustain our life. He did that on purpose, but he did it before it was needed because he saw the end from the beginning, and he knew what was coming the next three days. You see, he was working everything together for good. How about the tools that he knew we would need. The tools made of iron. You know, we use iron to make steel, and steel is a huge part of our infrastructure in our modern day. But even back uh, for thousands of years, humans have used iron tools, bronze tools. How many other ways do we use minerals? In our daily life, how long, how long have they used minerals? Well, since they've been around. Since a man could put a shovel in the earth, they've been using the minerals found in the earth to sustain their life, to help them, to, to, to create tools, to do work, to create weapons, to fight wars. Wars are not good all the time, but sometimes they're necessary. God sent people to war. Weapons are important. So what's my point? My point is that before any of this stuff was needed, God made it. God designed it this way, knowing 
what would come later. And that illustrates to us God's providence in guiding and instructuring the world. God still today knows exactly what's happening in your life and in my life. And he providentially guides the circumstances of our lives, guides the things that are happening today, knowing what will come tomorrow. And he's working it all together for good. He's working it for good. Because he sees so much more than we do. You see, if I'd just been on day three, what do I do today? I would have never done all of that because I wouldn't have seen day four, five, and six. But God knew what was coming on day four, five, and six. And friends, God knows what's coming on your day six. Or year six. Or year 38. Or year 59. Or year 73. Whatever year, whatever year is coming down the road, God knows what's happening next week. I think Anna shared a few weeks ago about the circumstance that happened when I took a day off of work and things were super tight financially at that time, even more. And God providentially brought a check to us that week that covered all of our expenses that week. And he knew that we were going to need it that week, so he intentionally delayed it in the mail. Sent it back the first time and had, had a whole lot of other circumstances going on so that it arrived right on time. How many, how many of you could give testimony to God showing up right on time? Yeah. I remember when we moved to Virginia and... <coughs> Through a series of circumstances, I won't go into the details, I probably couldn't even remember all the details, but we didn't go a single pay period without a paycheck. My dad didn't. There was a time there and he was expecting, you know, maybe, you know, I won't be able to have the vacation time that I accrued for my last job continue to pay me and, you know, I might have to go for a while dipping into savings, not sure how we'll get by. God worked the whole thing out so that the very last paycheck he was receiving from the previous job ended and the very first paycheck from the next job started the very next pay period. He didn't go a single pay period without a check. Not at one time. Now that doesn't happen for everybody all the time, but that was a blessing for us to say, God says, listen, I got everything worked out. I am sovereign over the world and I, you, I, am, your, I am your employer. Paychecks come from me, not anybody else. Friends, how many things in your life have you seen? God shows up right on time. He providentially guided it because he knew what was coming. And so he did something today because he knew what was coming tomorrow. And today you're going, what? If we had been standing next to God, maybe the angels were. And the angels are standing next to him on day three. And I said, God... That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful little plant right there. Is that a geranium? Oh, I'm not in charge of naming them. I'm going to let Adam do that. Oh, oh okay. But, um, you know, God, that's, that's an awful lot of complex stuff for one little plant. I mean, what's oxygen? What do you need oxygen for, Lord? Where are you going to find? The, the, look, God. I'm an angel, and I don't know everything you know, but I've studied this thing closely as you were making it, 
and it requires a lot of carbon dioxide. And I don't, I don't even understand what carbon dioxide is. Where are you going to get all that CO2? And why does it make something called glucose? What is that about? Why are you doing that? And Lord, while we're discussing it, I know you made this earth thing over here and you put all the water over there and you put all the earth over here. The earth has way too much metal. I mean, there's no way. I mean, all of that, that's so much extra stuff. Why do you need all of that stuff, Lord? I mean, listen, just you got to explain this to me. I don't understand. Why would you do that? And God says, because there's some creatures that I'm going to make in a couple days that need it. And I'm providentially designing the world so that it will be good for them. It will not only sustain them day by day by giving them oxygen to breathe, because they're going to need oxygen to breathe, but it will also be a testament to my beauty and that I am beautiful and that I like beautiful things. And I'm going to create a world for them that will bring me glory by being so magnificent, so majestic, so so fascinating. They need it. He providentially made the plants to help us understand that he providentially guides our lives day by day. And that he knows what's coming and he takes care of us. Turn to Psalm 139 in closing. Psalm 139, verse 2. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. And then flip over to verse 16. <coughs> Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Friends, it is a very comforting thought and it is a very profound truth to know that before any of your days existed, before you were conceived in the womb, God had every single one of your days written down in his book. And he saw every single thing that would happen to you, that you would do, every choice that you would make. He saw it all from the beginning. And he knows us more intimately and more carefully than anyone else ever could. And he providentially guides our lives so that we can know him intimately, personally, every day. And in the same way that he created and designed a world on day three so that it would sustain things that didn't even exist yet, God has designed the world. He's designed your life 
He knew what was coming in your life. And he's put things there. He's given you gifts. He's given you to the family you're in. He's given you the parents you have. All for his good purposes because he knew all of your days, even though none of them existed yet, he knew what he was doing. He knows us, friends. But he knows every word we say before even we speak it. He sees us, it said there in, earlier in the chapter of Psalm 139, he says he knows us afar off. He sees me afar off. <laughs> meaning, meaning, even though I think I'm far from him, he still sees me. He sees it coming. He sees me coming. He knows what's coming. Friends, we can trust him. We can trust him to order the world. We can trust him to preserve and protect us and to guide us so that we know him. Yes, hardships will come. But remember that God never says, oops. He never says, didn't see that coming. He sees it all coming. And he, he knows how to design the world so that it's ready. Take encouragement in that, knowing that he is sovereign and that he's put us here and put things in our lives on purpose to bring us closer to him so we can know him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this truth today and I thank you for creating such a beautiful, beautiful world that we can enjoy. I thank you for making a place that will take care of us, sustain us. Lord, maybe there's somebody here who's dealing with something really, really bad. Maybe there's something happening in their lives that they just don't understand. They can't explain it, it seems, and looks completely wrong and all bad. Lord, would you please remind them, remind them of your sovereignty over the world. Remind them of your wisdom. Help us to trust in your faithfulness, your love, your wisdom, that you can handle whatever life may bring us because you already knew it was coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping us to know you. And I pray that you'd continue to reveal yourself to us. We give you glory and honor for you are the majestic, magnificent master who's created the world. And it's the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we come to you. Amen.